Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. Episode 11 today, we're going to be covering our second part of our uh, series on suffering. Last week, we talked about some of the categories that we see uh, that are the causes or uh, the something we used as kind of like the root of suffering. And we said that a suffering occurs because I sinned, suffering occurs because someone else sinned, and suffering occurred because we live in a fallen world. And uh, the idea that suffering occurs because we live in a fallen world is really kind of the, it's the cause of suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's been a lot of conversation um, uh, that will maybe a category of why we suffer is uh, because of what God is doing in the midst of our suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and something we've been processing is the fact that we were talking about causes, uh, not end goals of suffering. Correct. Yes, um, And it doesn't seem... I don't know. There's a lot of different biblical discussions we could get into, and we'll get into them. But just to be clear, we do believe that God is at work in our suffering. Mm-hmm. We were just naming the categories um, as to why right. we suffer. Yes. So mm-hmm. any thoughts there before we jump into? No, the clarification's helpful. Yeah. We're, what do we do with it, uh, with those three categories and the outflow that comes um, because of decisions or choices or sin? So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think it's good. Cool. Yep. So where are we going this week? What are we hitting on? This week, we're going to be talking about, okay, if those are the categories of suffering, Mm -hmm. biblically speaking, who or where is God Mm -hmm. when I suffer? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's going to be what we're talking about today. Uh, Even thinking back through um, that third category, again, is kind of like foundational, that we suffer because we live in a fallen world. Um, And any suffering can be attributed to that. That suffering did not exist before the fall. Mm-hmm. And after the fall occurred, suffering entered the world and the human experience and even the heart of God. And so who or where is God when I suffer? You want to jump into that first one? Yeah. Um, God is aware that I will suffer and encourages me to take heart is the subheading for this specific text uh, that we came up with. John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, not may, but will. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And so um, just being aware of the fact that God is present in the midst of suffering and that he is he's overcome all suffering. So what are your thoughts on that passage, I guess? It's pretty short and sweet and to the point. Sure, sure. I think the point we just wanted to make again, you read the, the subheading, is that God is aware that I will suffer right. and he encourages me to take heart. Uh, the point here is that God is not like, surprise mm-hmm. when I suffer. Mm-hmm. God is not somehow absent-minded even, like he's not thinking about it or seeing it, um, but he's aware. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he tells us here, this is Jesus, um, uh, one of his final conversations with his disciples leading up to his crucifixion saying, I've said all these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, of, I have overcome the world. He's saying this before he dies, that they will have trouble in this world. And Uh, illustrating for us that God is aware that I will suffer. 
and encourages me to take heart. And so just as foundational, I think, for who or where is God when I suffer, he's aware. And Jesus sharing these words is that it's his reality he's about to live out. Um, You know, so his presence in the midst of the world, uh, deciding to come from heaven to earth to leave uh, perfection, to enter our imperfections, our junk, our stuff, our sin, uh, consequences of that, uh, he entered our suffering. Uh, Thus, you know, um, historically, Jesus is the suffering servant and one who um, doesn't avoid suffering or hardship, but instead uh, imp- uh, approaches it, engages it, and participates not in suffering by giving it to us, but uh, walking with us in it. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think I just thought of Genesis sixteen thirteen, mm-hmm. and, and Hagar says, you're the one who sees. Mm-hmm. You're the one who right. sees. Right. Um, and there's other uh, places, I think, at the beginning of the Exodus narrative uh, where like he's the God who hears the cry of the afflicted, like he's aware he's present mm-hmm. um, and he's not thrown off guard or surprised by it in any way. Yeah. Hagar is a really interesting situation where um, she didn't like volunteer for this necessary. She was appointed to it um, by Sarah and the consequence of being cast out after she becomes um, mm. very jealous and throws her out, and she feels alone, abandoned, and just by herself. And I think that's a great text that you bring up, that God did see her and um, and even blessed her uh, in spite of what was happening uh, to her in that moment as well. So, I think it's important to name, even with this one too, like what Hagar's experiencing is, is like you said, it, it's an important and, and uh, I think a great... Um, place to have this discussion with that text in mind. Um, and, and in general, what we, like God doesn't just see maybe the events that happen. He also sees the mm-hmm. way the events affect us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like how I interpret what happens mm-hmm. emotionally and mentally. And then the conclusions I come away with or the pain I feel, um, God sees that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not just, for example, um, with, with my dad uh, losing his battle to cancer. God's certainly compassionate that I lost my father, but God's also compassionate and sees the fact that I miss my father. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the event. It's also how the event affects me going forward. Uh, and then I maybe just emphasizing, he encourages us to take heart with that. And so foundational for who or where is God when I suffer is that he's aware, he sees now, the second uh, category we have, I'll read this, then you want to read the passage for us? Sure. Cool. God has suffered and so is able to help me in my suffering. And then Hebrews 2, 10 through 18. Yeah, for it was uh, fitted that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their f- salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children, uh, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who fear the death, fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. 
Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every, every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the servants of God, service of God rather, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hmm. What jumps out to you as you read through that? Well, that was a lot. That's the first thing <clears throat> that, that jumps a lot. out yeah. to me. Uh, I think we've had a number of comments making sure that we hit verse 10, um, speaking about the sanctification aspect of suffering. And I think that you and I both get a little prickly about it when it comes to um, kind of like that being a catchphrase of mm-hmm. why you're suffering. It's and it is true, and I I have said frequently, uh, God is working us out of us in the midst of suffering and, and tribulation and trials, and I, I believe that's very biblical. Um, but also just to jump to there with somebody without entering into their hardship of suffering uh, by just walking with them through it, but just. <clears throat> bypassing that and jumping to, hey, this is for your sanctification, um, if we're not careful, dismisses the person, like you mentioned, that is going through hardship and mm-hmm. struggle and almost dehumanizes them as well mm-hmm. if we're not careful. And so I think it's key uh, as we read this to be mindful of the fact that, yes, the potential outcome and maybe even the desired outcome of every suffering <laughs> is that we would be sanctified in it. But we need to be very aware of the fact that we are we're human as well and so that is a process right and um and so we need to be cautious not to jump all the way there with people right away but to instead walk with them but that's the first thing that jumps out to me so i know we've had a lot of conversation about this let's hit it yeah i think in that regard with uh sanctification being the purpose as in like the soul and the only one we really talk about um or even the reason why we're suffering kind of circumvents the process of wrestling and walking with mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember, I brought up <clears throat> my dad. I can remember a week after my father passed away, someone came up to me, well-intentioned, very loving person, and I told them what happened, and they said, well, you don't have to answer it right now, but the what you have to answer is, what's God teaching you in the midst of it? Mm. And that was just an incorrect way to help me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I hold nothing against the individual or anything like that, but it's just an example of taking what we believe the purpose of suffering and applying it relationally in in, in an incorrect way, or really not applying it relationally as a fellow sufferer who has walked this hard path and knows that. Like that, that's why I made the point I did. Like God sees the event of our suffering, Mm -hmm. but he also sees the way that we suffer. Yeah. And he also sees how it affects us as it goes on. And so, yeah. Um, it just, yeah, maybe, yeah. We're to weep with those who weep and rejoice, rejoice with those who rejoice. And Absolutely. So we, we in, just as God entered into our situations, we enter into one another's situations as Empathy. well. Empathy. Imagine yeah. that, right? Empathy. Yeah. yeah, that gets one of the keys. And I do believe on it, I mean, it's pretty obvious that <clears throat> um, sanctification definitely is a part of that process mm-hmm. and becoming more like Christ and, and being introspective and considering but you know what some some situations don't have answers and that becomes really 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 tricky mm. what is faith and whatnot but yeah we have to be available to enter each other's world um without just giving quick pat answers or directions so right and that's the available to enter each other's world is mm-hmm. often the harder work but it's the work of love yes yeah and um something we've been kind of 
flipping through is uh, Between Pain and Grace, which is written by uh, Andrew Schmutzer and Gerald Peterman. And they say, uh, you know, in thinking through like God is sovereign, just the framework of his sovereignty and like he's sovereign over this. And so that's why he's allowing this to happen so that I could suffer and so be sanctified. They say this. Though God the Creator is sovereign, we do not appeal to God's sovereignty in a mechanistic or deterministic way. God's sovereignty does not eliminate free human action, it does not remove secondary causality, and does not lessen human responsibility. We do not appeal to divine sovereignty in order to squelch the voice of human suffering. And I just find that to be a helpful way to think, because it's not what we're, we're not saying that God doesn't sanctify us in our suffering. Correct. And we're not saying that God isn't sovereign when we mm-hmm, suffer. Mm-hmm. We're just saying the way that it often gets talked about requires more nuance mm-hmm. and drawing it out because human beings and God are complex. Mm-hmm. And our relationships with one another and with him can be complex at times. Um, and so... Understanding that a sovereignty doesn't eliminate free human action, secondary causality, or lessen human responsibility. I have to wrestle with what I have to wrestle with when I suffer. Mm-hmm. And I can do that while still counting it all joy mm-hmm. or working towards counting it all joy. Mm-hmm. We mentioned last week that uh, when James says count it all joy, he doesn't mean that joy is going to be the only emotion right. present. Mm-hmm. Like we're not computers. Mm-hmm. We're not machines or mechanistic in any way. So, yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, when it comes to that, I think just the reality of um, pace and um, walking with and being patient and not being afraid of the person or even our own <laughs> big questions. Because mm. I think that's a temptation. Like it, And I think the reason we so easily... And, and maybe even rightly at times want to jump straight to telling somebody, well, this is for your sanctification. It, I think the reason we want to do that is to avoid sometimes <clears throat> the hardship of sitting with somebody and them going, why would God let this happen? Hmm. And not having the answer and being fearful of the answer. And we're com- I'm confident in God. I believe in God. And so Absolutely. for them to have that question is not, I'll be honest with you, it's not a, it's I've asked that question, you know, yeah. uh, and I think that our growth and faith and ironically sanctification comes from the process of asking some of those hard questions and wrestling really hardcore with who is God? What is sin? Why am I impacted by this when I had nothing to do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the answer to this? What's the potential outcomes? Um, even where is like, where is God in the midst of all this? I think that we have to be patient with one another as we process and walk through these deeper life issues of suffering um, instead of trying to short circuit it. People mm-hmm. don't grow the most when you try to short circuit something. They grow the most when they ask the hard questions, wrestle right. with the hard questions, um, may not have the answer that you want them to have in the moment, hmm. but giving them time and truth and love and patience, long suffering in time, maybe they will, they will come to their reality of who God is. Biblically speaking, when I say their reality, what I mean is knowing God. Mm-hmm. not just knowing about God, but actually knowing God in that process as well. So, mm. Yeah, and I think in asking those hard questions, I think the uh, the knee-jerk could be, well, like, don't you believe he's good and all the time? Mm-hmm. All the time God is good? Mm-hmm. 
Yes, I do believe that. Mm -hmm. And it's because he's so good that I can ask those questions. Mm -hmm. It's because he's so great that I can ask those questions. Mm -hmm. It's because he is sovereign that I can ask him, why? Where are you? Mm -hmm. How long? And it's like, I, I think at times we walk away with certain understandings and definitions from the Bible without considering the whole picture. Mm -hmm. So we might walk away with some of the New Testament verses surrounding suffering, like sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to a glory Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. to be revealed, or Mm -hmm. even the James passage or some of the other ones. And we're not saying we don't believe those. We're saying we hold those, but we also hold David's how long. Right. Because David was a man after God's own heart. And David matured Mm -hmm. through processing Mm -hmm. his most painful questions. Mm -hmm. And so it's bringing all of it into God's hands. Yeah. Yeah. I I think verse 18 answers that. For because Mm. he himself has suffered when tempted, so Jesus has endured it, he is able to teach those who are Mm. being tempted. Mm. Help. Help. Help those who are being tempted. So he's able to walk with us through that process. And Jacob wrestling with God. We talked a lot. I talk a lot about that. It's um, a great narrative. Yeah, it's a wonderful narrative. Yeah. But there's so many different Jacobs in this world as well throughout the scriptures and in our current lifetime that God has patiently wrestled with us mm-hmm. and and uh, to see if we're going to let go or if we're going to hold on to him. Um, but I think that key, uh, I mean, it just jumped out to me, that key word being he, he's here to help those mm-hmm. who are being tempted. Um, and I think it's sometimes um, we almost like as the helper, ironically, we feel like uh, God's about to judge somebody if they ask these questions uh, and they're under judgment. Well, that's not what Jesus, the scriptures say. He, Jesus is here to help them right. to believe. Help thou my unbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that that's a key thing for me to kind of grab a hold of in the midst of the sanctification. Absolutely. But process is key and being right. patient with each other through that process of Jesus helping them to understand what's at work in them, in the world, and what he has overcome. Hmm. So, And it's step by step. One step by step, moment by moment. That's right. Encourage the faint-hearted. Yes. Don't yeah. don't teach them or admonish them. Right on. Encourage them. Yep. Which can include scripture, obviously. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. You know, it, and it, even some of these. Yes. Hey, God, God has suffered. Right. God's aware that you, I mean, there's a reason we chose these ones for yeah. this episode. Yeah. So... What's the next part? Yeah. So God comforts us in our suffering is the next part. And the uh, the passage for that is, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. So what jumps out to you? Also a lot. Well, the word comfort. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. all over the place in that point. Uh, so that's I think that's the first thing that that jumps out uh, uh, up. Ooh, wow, jumps out to me uh, <laughs> is that God is the God of comfort, mm-hmm. and that He's there for us in 
um, won't abandon us in our affliction, but will walk with us. That's the first thing. How about you? Yeah. Um, so we covered he's aware. We covered he's able to help. And now we're covering that he's able to comfort mm-hmm. me when I suffer. Like God cares enough about me mm-hmm. to see to it that he's able to comfort me mm-hmm. when I need comfort. That's crazy that he's that loving, that mm-hmm. kind, that generous to us. We certainly don't deserve that. Mm-hmm. Um, should we talk about uh, the word affliction there? Yeah, before we get there, if I may. Yeah. I mean, we live in a culture, and, and to some degree, rightfully so again, that's like suck it up, buttercup. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like get over it, get your act together, let's go, let's move, let's make things happen. And then when you're in war, that needs to happen, and we are in a war. But mm-hmm. um, but that's not what the Scripture is reminding us of. It's reminding us of um, that God does, he doesn't scream that at us or yell it at us. He comes alongside of us again and comforts us and uh, gives us that encouragement. So that just jumps out to me because our current culture would be to some degree, it's almost like extremes. It's like one extreme is to baby one another <laughs> to the point of no growth whatsoever. Never, right. I mean, you're never going to eat any meat. I'm going to give you milk because I want you here. I mean, it's a codependent thing. Uh, then you got the other part that's just like, you're a weakling, get your act together, pull yourself together by your right. bootstraps and make this happen. Um, and, and thankfully, you know, God is the perfect one. And so he knows how to use what, when, but in this case, he's saying that in our affliction, he doesn't doesn't kick us in the pants. Right. He comforts us and comes alongside of us. So, sorry. Think, no, that's good. I think input. it's important to point out that Paul says, work out your own right. salvation with right. fear and trembling. He's not saying work for. Right. You've been given salvation, right. but yeah. you need to work your salvation out mm-hmm. into your body, your life, your mind, your heart, mm-hmm. day by day, through the ups and downs, through the pain and suffering, through your own sin even. Mm-hmm. You need to work it out. Mm-hmm. And that carries with it the idea that if I don't work certain things out, they are going to work me. Right. And if I don't work out my pain from my past, it's going to end up animating me and my life way more than I want it to. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's I think it's a good, very good point you raise because there is two extremes. But the fact that on the one hand God has gifted us our salvation, and then on the other hand He says I'll walk with you while you work this out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of splits both of those two things. Right. It does. You know? Yeah. Good it's like point. here's the gift. You got to work it out. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What else you got in there? Do you want to talk about affliction? Sure. Okay. Do I want to talk about <laughs> affliction? Not really. Probably not. But uh, this yeah. is the podcast. So. This is On the podcast. So something we noticed, uh, kind of studying some of these passages, is that this word affliction is often tied to. Um, Something that comes my way as a result Mm -hmm. of me doing good for Christ or as a result of Paul doing good for Christ or even for Jesus and Mm -hmm. his his righteousness being uh, the reason for which he was persecuted, Mm -hmm. killed, all the things you want to say. Um, And so we just want to acknowledge that that that, that is present definitely in these passages. Um, But at the end of the day, kind of our conclusion was the reason all that still exists is because of the fall mm-hmm. and affliction is still suffering language mm-hmm. and affliction can in its root word mean being pressed in upon right. by evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, po- a good point that you brought up was for us, this might not mean standing mm-hmm. with a megaphone right. on the street corner, mm-hmm. 
that's not the best way to reach people. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But it might mean living in a way that's full of integrity. Like you, you had mentioned an example, like if you don't accept a bribe in an office. Mm-hmm. That's Christ-like, right? not doing that. Mm-hmm. But you might get fired for it. Could be suffering. And then you're broke. Mm-hmm. You lost your job, lost your status, mm-hmm. and you're suffering as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think kind of unpacking that's important. But I do think that it's, God's comfort is not just sequestered to when we suffer righteously. Right. His comfort's there for us. I mean, Jesus entered into our suffering, mm-hmm. and our suffering was a direct result of the fall. Yeah. And so he entered into our suffering and suffered in order to save us. Yeah, and in our pre-conversation for this, before we made the recording, was there's a temptation to read Second Corinthians 1 is to kind of boil it down to street preaching or evangelism or some, I'm suffering because I've, I've proclaimed the goodness of Jesus, the good news. Uh, but the truth is, is in everyday actions of living the good news, you're gonna. There's potential, great potential for suffering mm. as well, especially in a fallen world. So that's why we brought it out. It's like to just to remember that um, to stand to do right uh, by the God, by Jesus's in Jesus's name, not just to speak the truth, to do right, to live honorably with integrity. All those things can have really negative consequences in our world, mm. um, and that God does inf- enter into the comfort comforting us in the midst of that it it isn't a matter of well i'm not the preacher so god's not going to be there for me or you know i'm suffering this um but i wasn't i didn't hand out a bible tract and so god's not going to be there for me Mm. no if you did what was right in god's eyes and you're suffering from that god's comforting you he's with you so that was the just to kind of take it off of the quote-unquote stage and bring it down to everyday life it was one of my goals in that conversation we had before this so absolutely yeah. yeah i found it very helpful it's applicable to all of us then indeed yeah Indeed. So God can, God comforts us in our suffering. Do you have a, a time where you've experienced this? Maybe God comforting in you, my suffering. Yeah. You want to get personal, are you? <laughs> yeah. There's been multiple times. Good grief. Um, old. Good grief. So, <laughs> good grief. grief. <laughs> yeah. There's been multiple times. Um, I've shared the narrative, uh, when I was cutting wood and had a piece of metal fly through my eye and lost my sight and, uh, was suffering and really questioning God at the time of his character and his nature. And we'd sold a house and lost a ton of money in 08. And about the exact same time I had the eye injury and was really wrestling with, you know, if, I've, if I'm doing what you've called me to do, then why are these horrible things happening to me right and left? Um, and just really struggling to uh, trust that God loved me. And so mm. I think that it's a, probably a narrative that most anybody has probably endured or gone through. But in the end, of course, um, God was gracious and slow to anger and long suffering with me as, um, as I had to process those things through. And, um, I think we have a tendency to say, God loves me when he gives me what I want. Mm. And, and I think that, um, sometimes God loves us best when he withholds the things that we want from us, mm. uh, so that we have to lean on him and really, really wrestle. It was about that time I actually went to a conference, um, and, just God did some amazing work in both my heart and Christina's heart. Cause there's some other stuff I won't, won't get in in this podcast, but just a lot of ministerial burnout and hardship and hurt and pain. It had occurred about the same time as well with a mm. very close friend of mine. And there was a temptation to kind of be like, I'm done. Throw mm. my hands up. This is just, it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, and then God again was just gracious and comforted us and used some other people. Our, our community group loved us well mm. during that time. 
and just extended the love of God patiently and befriended us and prayed for us. And um, I won't forget that, you know. And to me, that's why I think some of this is key, is to remind one another um, that in suffering, one of God's greatest gifts, not only his presence and his understanding, um, but the lives of other brothers and sisters in Christ that are willing to walk with us at some of our lowest points as well. Hmm. So, yeah. Makes me think, uh, thanks for sharing that, that you kind of mentioned like wrestling with if he loves you or not. I think maybe it's because I think everyone would maybe relate to that in seasons of suffering because Mm -hmm. when I'm suffering and when it's to the extent that you're describing, I don't have much to offer him. Mm -hmm. I don't have much to give him. Transactional. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, if I believe his love is predicated upon my ability and capacity to serve well, mm-hmm. then I, I will never feel comforted mm-hmm. because I, but he still wants to comfort us even when there is nothing we can offer him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about seeing certain family, family members like on their deathbed, they, they have nothing to offer mm-hmm. except the life they've already lived. But in those moments where, certain scriptures are like just resonate so deeply and Mm -hmm. bring tears to their eyes even when they can't even talk it's like they're comforted Mm -hmm. in those moments Mm -hmm. because god does not just love us when we have capacity to love him back or serve him or whatever it might be yeah so yeah thanks for sharing that well thanks for sharing about your dad too i know that that's that was a hard time and your grandpa Mm -hmm. and um and i think that that when we talk about suffering it's universal Mm -hmm. so everybody listening to this podcast either has suffered or is going to right um this side of heaven and so that's why we wanted to hit this as kind of the next section um because we are all going through it god is aware that you suffer um god has suffered as you've suffered and god desires to comfort us in Mm -hmm. in that suffering and just hitting those three points just as as we continue in this conversation as we go a little deeper into it uh reminding us that that god is present um and it and the key being, yes, he is sanctifying us in our suffering, um, but also he's so patient mm-hmm. and that we need to grow in this as the body of Christ with one another as well. Um, and so that's why we want to kind of parse this out a little bit instead of just jumping to some strong conclusions. So mm-hmm. any closing thoughts? Yeah, I think, just, I don't know, the idea that God is a person who wants to interact with us mm-hmm. is not... Like we, we think in kind of like that quote the in a mechanistic or deterministic sense mm-hmm. where it's like we calculate what he's going to do and when. And it's like he's a person mm-hmm. who desires to interact, who desires to comfort, who desires to help. And so, like you said, suffering is a universal problem. Mm-hmm. I think the choice we have is not whether or not we suffer, but where we turn when we do. Mm-hmm. And God is everything we need mm-hmm. in that. And we're going to maybe get into more of that next week when we talk about praying while suffering. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because Christ is our mediator. Absolutely. He suffered, <laughs> overcame, and mediates for us. And so together, that's one of the greatest gifts for us to come together as uh, brothers and sisters and to pray and to, and to turn to him. So, mm-hmm. Well, thank you for listening in to this week's podcast. We're going to continue to unpack some more as we go. If you have any other questions or any scriptures you'd like to send to us, you can send them to where? podcast seek first at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you god bless thanks for listening to the seek first podcast with steve and jordan we hope you enjoyed the conversation today if you have any comments 
questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings.